Hi, this is Susan Goldsmith from McCarter in English, and you're listening to IP Fridays. Hello, and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from, in house or private practice, novice or expert. We will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks, patents, design and copyright, discover useful tools, and much more. Welcome to episode 60 of IP Fridays. Today's interview guest is David Cheng, who will speak with us about the enforcement of patents in China. Before we jump into the interview with David, uh, Ken has a story about the new efforts of Alibaba against counterfeit goods. And I was quite surprised that the USPTO dedicated a whole conference on 3D printing and IP. On June 28 of 2016, the USPTO held a whole conference on 3D printing and the challenges with regard to IP. The speakers included Paul Banwart, who we also had on the show in our IP Fridays podcast. He is COO and General Counsel of Meta and Form. And on July 15, 2016, The Chief Policy Officer and Director for International Affairs, Shara Perlmutter, um, published a guest post on the official USPTO blog about this conference. To find the blog post, simply go to uspto.gov slash blog, 3w.uspto.gov slash blog. So, Ken, what is Alibaba doing against counterfeits now? Rolf, Alibaba has long been under fire for the rampant sale of infringing and counterfeit goods on its growing online platform. Alibaba is hoping to change that tarnished image soon, with the recent rollout of their IP Joint Force system. Announced in early July during Alibaba's first Rights Holders Collaboration Summit, The shopping website unveiled its online platform, which is designed to simplify the way in which brand holders communicate with Alibaba to request removal of countless listings of counterfeit goods. According to a press release issued by the company, each participating brand will be assigned to a dedicated online portal, an Alibaba account manager, to enhance collaboration, heighten transparency around IP enforcement efforts, and reinforce mutual understanding and trust. The press release also noted that, quote, the system will enable Alibaba to directly and efficiently seek information from rights holders regarding suspected counterfeit product listings, which Alibaba, as a third-party marketplace, is unable to authenticate on its own with full certainty, close quote. Aside from aiding in authenticating product and exchanging information directly with Alibaba, The new system will work directly with the already existing good-faith takedown process, where listings for counterfeit goods are removed by Alibaba. The system is expected to cut down on the amount of correspondence needed to determine whether a product is counterfeit and requiring removal from the site. Alibaba believes that this two-way communication stream is critical in creating a feedback loop that will continue to improve the speed and accuracy with which Alibaba is able to determine the authenticity of the product. The IP Joint Force system 
follows Alibaba's efforts in 2015 when they introduced the notice takedown process for brand holders to file complaints over counterfeit goods on the site. Currently, over 700 brands participate in Alibaba's Good Faith Takedown initiative. Brand holders need to keep Alibaba on their radar, as Alibaba predicts that its website will experience a 48% increase in revenue next year in 2017. This is thought to be attributed to acquisitions of a Chinese video site known as Yuku Todu, as well as a company based in Singapore that specializes in e-commerce known as Lazada. One final statistic to consider, Alibaba predicts that its gross merchandise volume will top $912 billion by fiscal year 2020. For IP Fridays, I'm Ken Suzanne. Thank you, Ken. Let's jump into the interview with David Chang about patent enforcement in China. I'm very excited to be joined by David Chang today. If you don't know who David is, uh, David is managing partner of Ge Cheng and Co Limited. Um, he is a patent and trademark attorney and a judicial appraiser. He received his MD in medicine from China Medical University and an LLM in law from the School of Peking University and started his career in intellectual property in 1985. He is past president of FICPI China and now a standing council member of the China Intellectual Property Society, the All China Patent Attorneys Association and LES China. Thank you for being on the show, David. Thank you, Ralph, for the introduction. <laughs> so uh, I might have left something out and um, the listeners don't know um, a lot about the history of your firm. So maybe you can briefly introduce uh, your firm and maybe something more about yourself. Okay, so my firm is a, is a partner's name. Ge is my partner. His name is Ge Bo. Ge's family name, the Chinese my family name. So both of us is a founder of this firm. So we found this firm in the year 2000. Now we have a very good team and to cover the all different technical field to represent our clients, including the domestic foreign clients to file patent trademark in China. And then in Hong Kong. So uh, for personally, I graduate from the, the medical department as I became a medical doctor many, many years ago. And then I went to the university, Peking University, to study law further to get the, the degree. So they changed something from the medical doctor to patent attorney. This is a very interesting story, but the, everybody asked me why you change your job. So. It's a very particular in the in the in China and that is many many years ago, particularly in the in 1985. At that time, China just opened the window to the outside world. So at that time, I was a the the researcher, as so working in a Chinese Academy of Medical Sciences. So uh, for me, uh, and I was still young uh, man, so young boy. And to go outside China to see the IP system, particularly the Python city in the in the other country, particularly in, the, in your country, mm -hmm. I went to your country mm -hmm. to visit the German patent office and the also European patent office in Munich. And I went to the US to study further to know how to protect 
the medical invention by patentism. So it's very interesting for us from that beginning. Now I'm very happy to become patent attorney. Let's talk about uh, patents in China. Um, patent is really on the fast lane with regard to patent applications. And um, the research in China is really top-notch. Uh, many scientific articles in Science and Nature originate in China. So most of the authors are Chinese now. Um, how do you think this is shaping the global economic and intellectual property landscape? Uh, in my point of view, so now it's uh, more and more Chinese scientists do much more studies in the different technical fields. And they publish many papers, and they also they file a lot of Chinese patent application, but also the foreign patent application. But I do think such a filing or even the application or invention would be shaping the all the economies in China. But now at least in China, because uh, uh, I talk with uh, the many leading scientists in China, particularly in my field, medical field. They also put a lot of effort and give a much more study in his field. They published before published, and they also talk with me and to try to get patent. Because many many years ago, the scientist only want to publish his article, but now it's changing mind. That is very important for Chinese people. They want to get patent at first, and then publish, or they want to publish that. So I think it's a firstly it's a change human mind, particularly for Chinese people. More Chinese, uh, that is one point of view. And the, the second one, uh, from the government point of view, in the government gave a lot of education to the professor, student, and then we know much more about how to protect the invention in his or their field. Uh, particularly for the scientist, uh, that will be getting more and more knowledge and also informations, and to to promote the development of economy in China. And and now it's since uh, say now I say, uh, not only in China they also want to file or want to know how to protect the invention outside China. For example, in Europe. In Germany, because now in China and Germany, they have so many cooperation, collaborate each other, and to get the more inventions. At that time, they also want to talk about the how to protect it and the agreement, how to make the agreement on the scientific research. So they change, change too much. Now I think in the future,、uh, the Chinese scientist or patent attorney would have much more work to do that, particularly the. In the IP protection, I think it's much better for the development of economy in China, and even for the world. In the, in the other country, people also like to use IP right to protect their rights in the China or in the European country and or in the other countries. So, how did the infrastructure to handle、uh, patent infringement change in the last years? Um, did the odds for foreign companies to win patent infringement uh, cases um, did they change? So are they more likely to win now, or、um, yeah, what happened in patent litigation in China in the last years? 
And the last year is a very, I mean, just recently, the last year, including the recently, China has a very big change for, you know, in China, now we have not, not only the patent law and also the explained uh, regulation for the patent law, and also we use the uh, now with a judicial interpretation for patent infringement, that is very important. Is this uh, the this uh, interpretation is given by the Supreme Court of mm. People's Republic of China? Now recently, now we have the second one for that. Mm -hmm. It's such a judicial explanation give much more detailed definition explanation to the article and even for some other practical issues. Now I think now attorney and the, uh, uh, attorney and the law or patent attorney will understand the all the article and the practical issues more easily. So that is one change. The, the other change, Supreme Court in China also added much more example. I mean the cases. So they collect the case, typical case, including patent, trademark, copyright, trade secret, some other IP issue. They give so many, so many cases to as a typical case. Now we said the model case. And then the, the other cost, for example, in the, in the China, with the, the other intermediate or basic and the local cost, judge, one judge, they use the 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 uh, uh, they give the judgment uh, for some cases they just can based upon or uh, the reference they give the reference to to such a the cases that'll be much better then we give a guideline to understand how to use the patent law and to give the judgment for the in in uh, infringement case now I think this is much better and the third one so. Now, in the, the court system, I mean, the judicial system, and the Supreme Court, including the High Court, give so many uh, training to the judge. Because in the, in the judge, so they should know much more uh, the, the, the something relating to the case in the different technical field. But the, also, the, uh, in, the, in the judge, so uh, the court would like to have a more and a more judge who has a technical background. So that would be much better for judge to understand the technology matters, particularly for the patent case. Uh, now I think it's a, it's a change too much. I think it's, a, it's getting better and better for the patentee to win the case, to, to argue during the, uh, the 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 judgment, particularly in the court, so they can argue with uh, with uh, with uh, with the other people, and the uh, the judge can understand. Uh, in my practice, so the judge can focus on much more technical issues to understand what his claim, what what is the scope of that, to 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 compare that, and also another change re recently. Uh, judge would like to use the technical experts to give the opinion to understand the technical issue, particularly for the technical solution, and to to know the scope of claim, and that is very important.
I think this is 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 a good change. I think there are some uh, specialized courts only for patent infringement now, right? Uh, or at least for IP cases. I think both in Beijing, both in Beijing and in Shanghai now, right? In Shanghai, it was opened recently. You are right. It's uh, last year in China we set up a three special IP court. They are Beijing Intellectual Property Court, Shanghai Intellectual Property Court. And also Guangzhou's intellectual property court. The only very this is a very special court. It's covered the, all the area around Shanghai, Beijing, and also Guangzhou, Guangdong area. This is a new change because we have a really IP courts. No, I say that. Yeah. Yes. And um, do you recommend for um, our listeners if they want to enforce patents to use these specialized courts or? Uh, do you recommend to go to the uh, non-specialized courts, which is probably also still possible? I suggest your client to go to the uh, I, special IP court, those three, one of three of them, because they have much more experiences to do the the IP cases. And in China, so due to the jurisdiction, the owner of a patent right or trademark right, so they try to use this skill to select one of them. For example, if you hear uh, the people, so you, you can find manufacturer in the, maybe in, in Hubei, so, and the distributor in Beijing, mm -hmm. so you can make a, a lawsuit. So you, you can choose the Beijing IP court mm -hmm. as a jurisdiction. Uh -huh. So that's much better to, to, to select, to try to you try your chance to 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 get the good result in one of these special cards, IP cards. And since we uh, just uh, started talking about a concrete case, let's say um, a client of of ours or a client of our listeners or a listener is a company who has rights in China, and they found out that a Chinese company is infringing their patent. Let's say. Um, you said that they can start uh, court proceedings in Beijing, although the infringement happens at a different location because the Beijing court is the specialized court and has the jurisdiction. What are the different, um, what do you recommend how you proceed uh, when you find infringement? Uh, what are the options inside and outside the court? Uh, I recommend the any patentee the firstly so use it right correctly. For example, so what do we think about that for uh, the last year, the Supreme Court they are the very particular case. For example, the warning letter. Usually, European people would like to send the warning letter to the to the infringer. For example, that and. Uh, be careful to use your warning letter. If you do not have the strong or correct evidence before make lawsuit, you never want to. You, I just suggest you do not send the warning letters. Mm -hmm. If you have the the evidence that is the right evidence, you can send the warning letter. That is uh, very. That is, you should be careful to do that. And then also a uh, for the. Uh, infringement uh, when in China so for the patent case 
the intermediate card would be selected as the first instance. And the, those three IP cards are intermediate size, at the intermediate level. Mm -hmm. So as you know, in China, we have a basic level, intermediate level, and a, a high level. So you should choose the intermediate card in China as the patent infringement case. And the, be careful to do that, to try to move the jurisdiction from the other provinces to Beijing or to Guangzhou to Shanghai, because this is skill. This is just for the Chinese attorney. You just told what happened to the, to the Chinese attorney and Chinese attorney can, you know, rearrange and they give you the consideration for that. So try to find a good Chinese attorney to help your client to handle all the infringement that's happened in China. So what are the options uh, outside the court? Um, I think there is also this administrative procedure where you can request a seizure of goods or something like this. Is that, um, do you recommend that before filing a court action or in parallel or what do you think about that? Yeah, so you are quite familiar with the Chinese system. Uh, in China, we have what we call the double check protections in China. One is administrative enforcement. The other one is like you know that it's a legal judicial one to go to court. But the, in my practice, it's just based upon the case itself. If the infringer is a small company, so they don't have much more enough money to give the compensation. So I suggest you go to the uh, the local authority. Now we say it's uh, called the local IP offices uh, to solve such a from uh, infringement. So it's just uh, give the complaint to the, 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 the officer in such authority, IP offices, and to take less time, maybe a few months, to solve the, all these uh, uh, the problem for the infringement, but you cannot get the compensation. Be careful, no compensation. Just stop seizure the goods, destroy the infringement machine, something like that. Infringement product, uh, infringement product, something like that. And if the infringer is a big company, even though this they have very good background, they have money. I mean that so. I suggest you go to court to get money, to get compensation and to stop any infringement in China. I think with the administrative procedure, um, you already mentioned that you can also destroy the machines. Uh, for example, for injection molding, you can have the mold destroyed. Um, is that also possible if you go through the court system? It's the same. It's the You're same. All, yeah, you, you can, can get the same. Uh, yeah, get the okay. same compensation. Okay. Get, get, no, no, no. Get the uh, the same procedure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just destroy. not as quickly. Yeah, but so, the in yeah. the administrative uh, mm -hmm. procedure, it's just mm -hmm. quick, very mm -hmm. quick. Mm -hmm. But for the legal, so it will take a time, mm -hmm. and also the money. You know, it's a cost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Um, Uh, David, the, the profession of patent attorneys is a little bit different in China than in other countries. Can you tell us more? Yeah. Uh, so, most of the countries for the, China, uh, the, the patent attorney only can do the prosecution, not litigations. 
And even Japan attorney can have attorney can have law to go to the court. But in China, it's different. China, attorney and law can go to court, of course. And now we have patent litigator. They are a patent attorney. Uh, so far as I know, now in China, we have a thousand five hundred, about one thousand five hundred patent litigator. They were designated by the Supreme Court. In China, we have patent litigator list. All of those patent litigator can go to the court, represent the client to handle all patent matters just before the court. So this is different. Independently, they can represent them to go to court to do all the procedure by themselves. Mm -hmm. This is different. So that's to say, foreign clan can find the the firm, general law firm, to represent their case before the court. They also can find a patent firm to represent them before the court. Because well, before that, you check whether there is patent litigator in that firm. And I assume Ge Cheng and Co. Limited also has a patent litigator in the we firm. Have, we have no, we have five patent litigator. Mm -hmm. uh, also, we also have attorney at law in our firm. So we have the uh, and we say the patent, no the uh, the legal department. So they work together to handle the, any uh, infringement case. Um. So, if listeners have uh, questions about intellectual property in China, where can they best reach you? Uh, you can send an email. So, my email address is davidcheng at gechengip.com. It's easy to find my firm. And the website, you can search my website to find my name, mm -hmm. my email, and also I have a telephone, also my, my firm. So, it's very easy to find my firm. I will put uh, the links in the show notes of the episode. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting ipfridays.com slash love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at ipfridays.com or on iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com slash feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com slash iTunes and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. If you want to get mentioned on this podcast or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com slash voicemail. You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only, and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.